Hi, welcome to the Us and Kids podcast. I am your host, Jan Talon. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a wife, a mom, and a grandma. It's good to have you back here again. We're working our way through a little book that I wrote a while ago, and we're just taking it chapter by chapter to help you get off onto the right start in 2021. The little book is about the five things that you need for being married forever while you parent together. As many of you know, that's our theme and our main focus for the Us and Kids podcast and website is how to be married well while you parent kiddos and doing them at the same time, not having to pick an either or space of either marriage or parent. But I don't have the capacity for both. These five things that we're gonna talk about in January are five things that can really help bring your marriage and your family into a really good cohesive space, sort of a reset after 2020 and in keeping yourself stable going forward. That's enough of that introduction. Last week, we talked about intentions and how to make good intentions and be aware of what we are bringing into a conversation or into a relationship space, either marriage or with your kiddos. So today, the second step to that is knowing how to reset so that you can get some calm. We'll do that reset by talking and thinking about three things, smiling, eye contact, and tone of voice. So let's get going here a little bit more and just explore those three things for setting ourselves up for staying and being calm. Okay, so I said you had three things, smiling, using your eyes, and your tone of voice. Well, let's first of all talk about smiling. What does smile have to do with being calm or helping things be more calm? When I'm distressed, the last thing I want to do is smile. I've got a scowl. Hello. Okay. I've got a smirk. I have snarky stuff in me. I feel sly or sort of evil like a snake when I'm distressed and when there's chaos all over the place. Well, you know the little saying, and my guess is that you know this, smiling turns your frown upside down. And it's true. Yes, it's true. We don't necessarily even care whether or not you're happy in your heart. We know that if you change your facial muscles by smiling, and smiling takes far less muscles than frowning, that it also changes the way your brain thinks and works just by adjusting that muscle shape. And so sometimes we say, I don't really care how you feel. Put your head down, put your hands in your face, your face in your hands, and just put on a smile, regardless of how you feel, because it will help you become more calm. In order for the situation to be calm, because you're the parent, you're the spouse or the partner, you know, you get to do the leading. Now lead into a space that is helpful, that calms the chaos. Hmm. When 
we can stop the frowning and the scowling and just the tension wrap that goes all in our neck and our shoulders and our arms and our hands, when we can slow that down, the headache begins to go down. All of that energy spent on all of that tense muscle eats up the energy for creative problem solving and for having more courage and for having access to the compassion that you know you have inside of you. You may be disgusted or distressed about something that someone did. But my guess is that usually you are also still in relationship with them and you still care about them. But when the tone of voice and the look on your face comes out like an angry monster, then the only thing that happens is that everybody becomes frightened and creates more chaos. If you can pull yourself back for a second and let those muscles in your face and your shoulders relax, you'll be able to breathe a little bit easier. And that will access the compassion that you have. When compassion shows first, even when you're disgusted, then both you and the person that you're interacting with, regardless of age, can become more creative and courageous about how to settle down and move into a different space, attitude, or action. I know, I make it sound easy. It's not, but it's worth the effort. What else does smiling do besides release a whole lot of um, anxious energy that's going into all your other muscles? The brain releases happy hormones when we put our mouths into that smiling shape. I know, weird, right? But happy hormones, dopamine, some serotonin, maybe some neuropronephrine, it releases things that helps our heart become calm. So I'm saying it again, sneak away to the bathroom, step outside and go to the garage and get something for a minute, stick your head inside the refrigerator and look for something, and smile. I don't really care where you're going. I care that you put yourself in a place that's just by you for about three and a half seconds and smile. Repeat it again and again. And when you've got enough of it gathered, then look at your spouse or your little one with a smile. Because it helps them to trust you. It has to be genuine, of course, right? When we smile at someone, we've taken that three and a half seconds to just pull ourselves down and settle down. We build trust. And when we build trust, that the person we're interacting with knows that we're for them. We're not against them and we're not going to, in quotes, kill them. Then they settle down. The calm begins to move in because they trust that you are for them. And that's a game changer when it comes to calming chaos. Is let's do this together. I'm for you. It's not easy to do, but it's important to do. And it is the first place that we have to go when we're going to calm the chaos and reset 
creating some calm is building a smile within you and outside of you. So there you stand with a smile plastered on your face. What's next? Well, if you want the smile to have a little more punch, which you probably do, Ah, The punch. Maybe that was a bad choice of words, right? Um, Let's see once, because we're trying to calm chaos, not punch somebody out. Here we go. Let's talk about eyes and coming eye to eye with someone. Not evil eye, not devil eye, not I want to kill you with my eyes. But remember, we're going to smile first. That compassion and gentleness is going to move up through our face, and in through our eyes, out to someone else. Our eyes talk about emotions, and it's a bit more vulnerable. But I can tell you that being vulnerable and kind really helps calm to come close by. You see, when we use the smile to calm our hearts, we can then access the trust and the honor, the compassion and the courage that we want someone else to use in changing what they're doing. To change what we do, we not just have to change our external behaviors and what our muscles are doing and how our arms and legs are moving. We also have to change the emotional space within us. And when there's chaos in the house, that emotional space is usually in a fair amount of distress. And that distress then shows in the behavior. So you use your smile first, and then you come and you look eye to eye. More than once I've held a little person's hand, and more than once I've held my husband's hand and said, look at me. Eye to eye, I have something to tell you. And now I'm going to tell them something good. Often I say, no shame. Don't be scared. Come and look at me. I like what you did. I could see that you were trying to share. I know you didn't intend wrong. Because I know your heart. When we do that and we look straight across the room, the words are nice, but you don't get the extra 15 points worth of value. You don't move it from that B to that A+, and you could. You could just give it a whole nother layer of sweetness that tightens everything up so that there isn't room for chaos by simply doing some eye contact. Now, I've just put words with my eyes. But sometimes my eyes are just full of tears. And I say, just look at me, because I don't have words. I love you. I don't want to be mad. Let's get this figured out. Sometimes eyes without words include a wink or a sparkle or twinkle that the other person knows we're okay. And as soon as we're okay, big or little person, they settle down. Because that's usually the first question when there's chaos is, are you okay with me? Am I okay with you? Are we safe together? Not just physically safe together. That's a question that needs to be addressed. But are we emotionally safe together? 
And when we do eye to eye, if you can look eye to eye three seconds, that's pretty good. If you can make it 10 seconds, that's probably even better. Mm, That's a long time to look at somebody in the eye. Work it. Practice it. So that you aren't so frightened by it. And the other people you're around aren't so frightened. But they know that eye to eye brings that emotional connection that settles things down and pulls out good, good character traits of kindness, of honor, of patience, of gentleness, and of self-control. Now, in all of this, you can hear I've changed my tone from time to time because that's that last part of set, right, is what's your tone like? So are you smiling? Can you get some good eye contact and make sure your eyes aren't piercing daggers through somebody? And then, can you work your tone of voice? Because our voice tells both our thoughts and our emotions. So it's a double power here. And our tone of voice comes from that blend of thoughts and emotions. And while our emotions are probably true and often have some validity to them, how we express them will really make a difference in how people receive it. Okay, when somebody is really, really excited and they're cheering and they're jumping, almost somebody somewhere around goes, whoa, slow down, it's okay, yay, you're excited. But they're a little pulled back from it. When someone is screaming or just with top of their volume, lungs and voice and look and tone, all says, I'm the boss and I am going to make it even. And you're not doing what I want and it's not okay with me. And look out, the monster has turned on and here I come. This has just created chaos. Now, it might be true. That what is happening absolutely needs to be stopped and needs to be settled down like very quickly. Takes a lot of control in order to make it so that you can use that energy inside of you of, whoa, this has to stop right now and do it with a tone that helps people listen and cooperate without becoming overly frightened. I think we've said it before, but we'll just do the reminder piece to it now, that when a tone becomes too big and too loud, that what happens in a person's brain, big or little, is that they become frightened and most of the brain freezes and no electrical current happens in it. Yes, you have electrical currents in your brain and it's what helps send thoughts through so that you can carry out a wise action. But when you become frightened, there's fight or flight. And that's that freezing piece. If we want to have a conversation or want somebody to actually move in our direction, then we have to lower how much fear we're delivering by our tone of voice. Now that will come along with what our face looks like and what our eyes look like, of course. But often if you're yelling at them from the other side of the kitchen and nobody's looking at you, all they hear is your tone. And they can read into that what your face looks like and what your body looks like and what your eyes look like. 
So listen to yourself once. What does that tone sound like? If you had to listen to you, how would you react? Would you move in a way that was cooperative with you? Or would you freeze and go, Ma, I don't trust you? People transition, even people that we know and love well, transition when they know that you are for them, that you love them. And even under tension, people will transition nicely when they know that you are for them. And that's usually the question that often, if we answer it first, by our smiles, by our tone of voice, and by our eyes, then cooperation begins to build. And it's not always right away, but as they can hear and see from you what your face looks like, what your eyes look like, and how your voice sounds, that you are for them. And that when this pickup is done, when this mess is settled out, when PJs are actually on, when the chores or the household things that needed to be done are actually finished, we're going to settle down into a nice place of calm. And that bumpy road that we just went through is going to be behind us. That's right, behind us. Let's talk for just a little minute about tone and your little ones. It's a little bit different space here when our little ones are probably about four and under. Okay, their language is not very well developed and their brain isn't very well developed yet. It is developing, but it's not yours. It is not an adult brain. It is a kiddo brain. And when the kiddo brain is distressed, confused, worried, overstimulated, overtired. They have to release anxiety and tension, and often they don't have the words. And so they make noise or they misbehave, not out of an effort to disrespect you. They don't really even know how to do that or what that is. They're not trying to make you churned up and crazy. They're trying to tell you that they are distressed. That's right. Your little one is trying to tell you that they are distressed or that they are the ones who's churned up and crazy. And they're acting it out because their request to you, even though they don't know how to say it, is, Mommy, Daddy, help me. I'm an emotional mess. And if you become emotional mess with them, you do have a mess. But when you slow down, breathe out, get on the same level, same height as your little one, on your knees, on the floor, not bent over so that you're like towering over the top of them. Bend your knees and at the hips and get down low. And hold them, hold their hand, and simply say, what's up? You look really sad. You're being really loud. Can I help? And then they'll go off about something. No, because blah, 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 blah. And we don't know what it is even. Sometimes you can't make out half the words. They're saying they don't know how to fix it. And they want you to listen to it. 
So just listen for a minute and say, oh, no. How should we fix it? And if you are with them in tone and with eyes, and maybe with a touch, you'll be able to then also see that they'll have a suggestion. It may not be a good suggestion, but it's a start about how to fix it. Give it to me right now. Give it to me right now. I want that right now is something they might say. And you might be able to say, you want it right now. Yes. And then you might be able to say, well, we can't do it right now, but let's be sure we do it in 10 minutes. Shall I set a timer? And this is your message to your kiddo that you are for them. You are not rejecting their idea. And often our kiddos will follow because that's the real message they want to know is, are you for me? Do you agree with me? Do you understand me? Do you care about what I care about? And even little ones want to know the answer to those big questions. So, in setting up for calm, We've talked about these three things. Take time to calm your own self. And often that's easily done or started by smiling. I often remember through the day, I would remember walking around with those kids in the house, often a hot summer afternoon when we lived in California. And I was hot and the kids were hot. And I just couldn't hardly think anymore. And I was getting crabby but it was mostly because I was overheated. And so a walk into the bathroom, I would go upstairs into my bedroom, walk into the bathroom and splash cold water all over my face. And I would just sort of just keep splashing it until my body temperature came down a little bit. Okay, sometimes I'd stick my head under the faucet, get my hair half wet, just to give myself a different sensation. And then I'd work up a little smile. This is before I had done any research on smiling, but I just remember doing it and thinking, you've got to smile sometime today, Jan. And as I did those two things, I was pretty powerfully reset in order to be able to go back downstairs and re-engage in a way that didn't have quite so much shame for me around it. I often watched as I changed my tone of voice. And I watch it even now when I'm on Grandma Day on Mondays and Thursdays that if I change my tone of voice, the kids follow better. If I'm being pretty bossy and like, we've got to go, we've got to get in the car, we've got a preschool run to do, let's go, let's go, let's go. If I'm that way, they're slower. If I sit on the floor and say, got your shoes, come and sit by me, then all of a sudden, the little donut pops on my lap and we're putting shoes on. Same amount of time. Different use of energy. We're calmer, and now we're in the car. And not late. A pretty good success for me my whole life if I'm not late. What about for you? Think about what do you need? What will you use more this week? Will it be your tone? Will it be your eyes? Will it be your smiles? I want to encourage you to... Just take part of it and use it a little bit more. Each week, 
put a little note up on your refrigerator, put it in your cupboard, put it on your phone, that you're going to reset with a smile, with eye contact and with your tone to build more calmness in yourself, in your marriage, and in your household. We continue to develop the DNA for Fun Communications course, and that will be up and ready to go again soon enough. Keep listening here and keep an eye on the website for the incoming things about that. This chapter of the book, with all of the working things, the exercises that go with it, this chapter of the book is your freebie for this week. So it's worth the download because it's got good things, ways to start conversations, way to explore yourself, way to include it in your marriage. And so you don't have to come up with it. You can just look at the freebie. You've got other things to do. Grab this freebie. It'll be worth it for you. Thank you for joining me today. This is Jan Talen signing off until next week and wishing you all a wonderfully married forever while you parent together week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.